You are connected. It's Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've got the Get Connected team with me today. It looks like a full house. We've got Tasia Custodi, Annie Barrar, and Graham Williams. Thanks for coming in today, guys. You're welcome. Now you're working six days a week. <laughs> We've got a, a great show for you today. Of course, we'll be going open line later on in the program, taking your calls and questions on any tech topic. We'll also be looking at how you can look after and protect your computer from a security standpoint uh, in case you do get viruses or any kind of malware with a really easy solution that's going to come up after the next break. But right now we want to talk about uh, protecting things like smartphones, did you know that when you plug in a smartphone, you could potentially be opening yourself up to uh, data theft? Yeah. I don't think a lot of people People don't think this. about it. No. You're and on it's... the go. You're in the airport. How many times have we all just plugged in to the USB port, not thinking that they might be accessing Well, our it's data. safe, right? It's just power. Like, yeah. Surely it's just right? power. <laughs> what if there was some safe way to plug it into your computer? Well, on the line right now, we've got Stephen Ridley. The man behind the USB condom. How are you doing, Stephen? Pretty good, thanks. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show today. So, you know, we came across this, and I found this quite interesting. Can you explain to our listeners what the USB condom is? Sure. So um, there's an attack that's uh, being referred to as juice jacking, um, and it's basically what you described earlier, when people just unsuspectingly plug their phone into a, another computer or to a, a malicious charging station. And um, basically what it can do, depending on the configuration of your phone and the type of phone you have, um, it could, you know, steal your contacts or um, uh, image the uh, internal storage um, or, you know, upload malware or uh, any of these kinds of attacks. Um, So what the USB condom does is it allows you to charge without um, opening yourself up to data access. And it does this by physically disconnecting the data pins in the USB cable. I think this is quite important, and it's interesting because I just noticed this with my new um, iPhone 5S with the iOS 7. Whenever I plug that thing in now to my laptop or any computer for that matter to charge, it has a little pop-up message that basically says, is this a trusted computer? I guess they're trying to make people aware that uh, they have to be careful what they're plugging this thing into. Yeah, that's exactly right. A lot of the manufacturers are catching up um, and offering these kinds of security um, enhancements, but... As we know, you know, it's it's an arms race between the good guys and the bad guys. The protection mechanisms are generally in response to a threat. Um, and I've spent most of my career doing, you know, reverse engineering and uh, helping to protect users. I worked at McAfee for a brief while, uh, helping to, you know, figure out new ways to protect people's desktops. And, and you know, so it's, it's definitely, you know, I'm very intimately aware of that arms race. And now with mobile phones, the pro- proliferation of mobile phones, uh, a lot of those same threats from the desktop world are, are transitioning over to our mobile devices. And I, I guess I, I don't think people really realize that these smartphones are essentially computers, and they store so much of their personal information on them. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's one of the – I run a small consulting firm, and we have a specific uh, – we specialize in mobile devices. Actually, I'm the author of the upcoming Android Hackers Handbook, which you can actually get on on Amazon, um, and and so yeah, that's exactly right. And actually, there's a greater threat with mobile devices because we tend to think of them as very personalized uh, devices. Um, so we kind of trust them inherently a little bit more. They're always in our pocket. Uh, they have a lot of you know intimate information on them, like photos and things like that. You could you know everyone has a funny story about uh, you know a private photo that they had on their their phone or something. 
Um, and, you know, they're always with us. They know our location. So there's actually more of a threat to those devices than the ones that we leave on our desk at close of business or leave behind, you know, on our, on our couch. How, how easy is it to actually get information off a smartphone, like hack it off? Um, there's quite, there's, you know, with every different phone, there's a different challenge. And this is some of the stuff we cover in the Android Hackers Handbook pretty extensively. Um, it, it is a challenge, but there are people who specialize in defending and, you know, the defense and offense against these kinds of devices. Um, it's, it's difficult. Um, there's a lot of protection mechanisms. Apple, for example, uh, protects uh, mobile phones pretty voraciously, not just for the user, but because the iPhones are highly monetized with the App Store and things like that. Um, so Apple has invested a lot in trying to protect that platform. Um, smartphones like Android are a little bit more open because they have to support different hardware. So uh, you can't, um, you know, you can't build protection mechanisms around hardware on, on the Android platform. So it's a little more open. So Android tends to be kind of where we see more of the malware and the spyware. Um, but iOS has its bugs too. Um, jailbreaks are kind of a, a fun example. But in reality, the same attacks that you can use to jailbreak your phone can also be used to quietly subvert the security of your phone without you knowing. So the USB condom, how big is this little thing? Uh, it's really small. It's meant to be an adapter. We're coming out with a version 2 that's a lot smaller. We got a lot of feedback from people. Um, but it's about the size of a standard USB adapter or a dongle, and it just goes on the end of your normal data cable. Um, and like I said, it chops off the data pins and allows you to only charge the phone. There's no physical connection in the connector that allows the data to pass through. It would be good and for it would be good for people to have this on any of their data cables, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, you the idea is that, and I was really surprised. The reason why I created it is because I was surprised they didn't exist. There's charge-only USB cables, which are functionally the same thing, but then you have to remember to carry that cable with you. Um, and I kind of wanted something I could just attach to my my normal sync cable and then take off whenever I was ready to sync. You know, with charge-only cables, it, there's no possibility to do any kind of syncing, so you'd have to remember to keep that one with you. So what devices are, are supported? I guess it's pretty well any USB device? Yeah, yeah. basically the idea is that, you know, you could just transition it between your Android tablet and your iOS smartphone pretty easily. Um, and like I said, we're coming out with a version 2 that hopefully will be a little bit more portable, that will guarantee higher power. Um, but right now, it's yeah, it's just you can use it across any device. I use it on my my iPad, and I also use it on my uh, Windows smartphone, and uh, and some Android phones we have at the office. Cool. Where can people find out more information about this, and, and how much are they going to be? Um, the website int3.cc. Um, it's just a, a web store. We originally set it up for a hardware, a place to purchase hardware for pre people who did security research. Um, but obviously with USB condoms, we, we had something that regular people could uh, could use. Um, and you can just go to int3.cc and uh, place an order. And it's about 10 bucks. We're going to try to get the, the price down pretty soon to, you know, you have to manufacture high volume to, to, get, to get electronics made uh, cheaper. And uh, now that there's a demand, we can actually do that. But for now, it's uh, $9.99 or 10, 10 U.S. dollars. Well, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, good luck with everything. Interesting, eh, guys? I would love to do the marketing for the USB content. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many different like, taglines I could think of? <laughs> Between that and juice jacking, I think we're done. Like, it's... <laughs> oh, yeah. come on.
I'm in a room full of men. <laughs> That's what's happening. What's the, uh, the prize this week, Andy? We're going to give away an excellent prize. We're giving away the Fix Me Stick. If you have a virus on your PC, this is what you need to fully clean it. It's a small little USB stick that you put into your computer, and what it does is you restart your computer. It has its own operating system built right into it. It downloads the latest virus uh, checkers and then cleans your computer before Windows even starts. Go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Enter the contest tab to enter and win, and you can increase your chances by liking the contest on our Facebook page and retweeting it on Twitter, your chance to win the Fix Me Stick. Well, speaking of Fix Me Stick, we're going to actually have uh, the, the one of the founders on yeah. from Fix Me Stick uh, after the break, and uh, I, I'm telling you, you've got to tune in for this if uh, you've ever had any kind of problem with your computer as far as uh, viruses or malware. This thing is amazing for uh, getting it off. So I'm, I'm interested to actually talk to the founder to uh, see how this all came about. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo in studio here. I've got the Get Connected team, Andy Barrar and Tasia Custodian, Graham Williams, joining me as well. And Maybe if I stop talking so much, they can talk as well. <laughs> What else is new, Mike? I know, I know. <laughs> it's like your show or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk about security for computers. I, I know we all have uh, antivirus, or we should all have antivirus, uh, anti-malware loaded on our systems. But sometimes some stuff gets through. Yep. And uh, we want to talk about uh, a little stick that can fix things. We've got uh, the founder on the line of Fix Me Stick, uh, Marty uh, Algier. Are you there, Marty? Hey, Mike. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Great to be back on the show. I want to talk about the Fix Me Stick. I, I, I'm telling you, I love this thing. It, it's basically a, a little USB stick that has uh, antivirus and anti-malware software on it uh, that will actually save your computer when everything goes to hell. And I, I'm telling you, I used this last week. My daughter loaded uh, some new software on her kitchen computer, and I guess she didn't realize, you know, when you just click yes, you know, do you want this and that toolbar added on? the whole computer just ground to a halt. And I used the Fix Me Stick, and it fixed it. It was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. That's a common, that's, that's a common story we get from our customers. They, it's from our, they're sort of the parents and the grandparents, and the, they, they talk about kids and grandkids that have clicked on Yes or installed a game, and they just, you know, we've all seen them sort of just click, 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 get, like let's get to the game or get to the point. And um, and often they they bring along some spyware and and other uh, malicious software that then becomes a real problem to get it off. This thing is like honestly, it's like a fire extinguisher. You know, you break the glass, grab the fire extinguisher to <laughs> to put the fire out. So, Marty, you're the founder of Fix Me Stick. Like, how, how did how did this come about? Like, what what gave you the idea to to create this? Well, pr- prior to Fix Me Stick, I ran engineering at a company called Radio Point, and what we did at Radio Point was we provided the security software uh, for about 30% of Canadians through the, the big Internet service providers. And so we were the, the, the antivirus software that powered uh, Bell, TELUS, uh, Verizon in the United States, uh, Virgin in the U.K. And what we, we saw in our experience in that sort of the traditional antivirus or protection side of the business was once the computer got infected, that, that software was not effective at finding and removing the virus because the, the virus was essentially on equal footing with the antivirus. And so it would typically take it down or, or, or dismantle or it would find a way to hide. And so within the security field, it's, a, it's, been, a, 
it's an old and sort of tried and true approach is to sort of build this sort of external device or a rescue disk and you insert that and you boot the machine from this external sort of known clean device and that can clean an infected machine. And so we took that we took that principle and we applied it to the fix me stick and, and built the product that is not just for tech use. So it's like anyone can use the thing and, and remove sort of fix their own PCs and do it the right way. Marty, a lot of people are going to probably think it's antivirus, but it's actually different. This is what you use after you've gotten a virus on your computer, and it basically cleans it up with its own operating system. Tell tell the listeners how it works and how it gets the latest uh, virus updates. Yeah, sure. So, uh, like you said, this is not, and, and, and to Mike's analogy a second ago, this is not antivirus. And so to, 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 that, to that fire extinguisher analogy, it's like you're, um, the, the things that you... The things that you do in your house to prevent a fire, that's your antivirus. So you're, you're protecting yourself from ever uh, having a fire. Um, and then, but if you ever do get one, um, then those protections, of course, are, are not going to help you. You need to get it out or you need to, yeah, you need to remove it. And so um, Fix Me Stick is the same principle. And so you've got antivirus software, which essentially everyone should run. Almost uh, every PC in the world that, that, that wants antivirus software is, is running some form. Uh, and despite that fact, viruses remain widespread. There's almost a sort of a, a front page sort of news-like story about some virus that's that's uh, that's spreading like wildfire. So, what the Fix Me Stick does is it's got a a, a complete sort of uh, computer system on that stick, and when you plug it in, it reboots your computer such that when the computer starts back up, instead of booting the infected or the compromised system, it boots this clean system off the fix me stick and so that clean system is able to read every file on the hard drive and then detect and remove those viruses because they're they're not running they're not windows is not running the viruses are essentially lying dormant on the disk they're they're there for the picking can the fix me stick get infected the fix me stick can get so any virus can sort of um can attack the fix me stick uh, we've made it so that it's 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 a read-only device when you plug it into Windows, and so it's not um, it's not easy to do. But a sufficiently motivated sort of hacker could attack the Fix Me Stick, and then what we can do is sort of reset it. Um, we can reset it remotely, so we can sort of uh, essentially factory restore the Fix Me Stick, and then get the virus that way. I guess there's easier things for the hackers to go after, the way. Yeah, I mean it's a it's um it's sort of a a a dynamic within the industry is that the bigger and more successful any any product becomes, the bigger target it becomes for any sort of hacker or malware. And so um, I think we we've, we've got a ways to go before we end up at the the top of anyone's hit list. But certainly um, the some of the most sort of the some of the most popular and well known security products. Um, are sort of awesome products with awesome technology, and they have that additional challenge of the fact that uh, they're, they're on the top of the list for the attackers to go after. So will this work on um, just Windows PCs? Does it work on Macs? That's right. So the, the current Fix Me Stick, it's, it's, Windows, it's Windows PCs only. Uh, the principles, or the, the idea of it, um, or the, the, the security principles behind a trusted external device uh, applies to any device, and we, we do have a Mac version of the product in development. How computer smart do you have to be to use this thing? 
You know, I mean, it's it's really meant to be. It's it's designed for non-technical users, and so um, it's something that you can sort of physically hold this thing in your hand. Which a lot of our customers sort of find that um, they, they find that to be sort of comforting, and they can plug it in to their computer, and then it's going to it's like fix me stick in, and then it's going to take those those viruses out. And so we've put sort of a, a lot of engineering effort into making it so that. You don't have to be a computer expert. I mean, we, 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 we work with um, sort of all different types of users. And although we have a, we have a pro product, and so even the, 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 the professional or sort of techie users um, also, you know, they also like the product because it works. You know? And even though they could you know, find other ways to do it or, or, or sort of make, a, uh, make, make, make their own utility, uh, they like the fix me stick because it all it's all brought together into a single integrated product. They plug it in and it works, and they can go off and do other things. Well, it's a must-have for me in my little uh, tech tool chest. Where can uh, people get more info about it and uh, actually pick one up? So the fix me stick is available and at uh, all the London drug stores. So we've got a great um, London Drugs is a uh, a store that uh, we've got a great relationship with. I, I've met uh, many of the store managers and. Um, you can pick it up in the store uh, or online at London Drugs. Uh, you can buy it directly as well, uh, fixmistick.com. And um, in both, no matter where you get it, it's a guaranteed, uh, it's, it's, it's a satisfaction guaranteed product. And so as a, as a, as a young and, and growing company, um, we, we make sure everyone's satisfied. And so if there's a, if, if the computer, if there's a problem that remains, uh, it's toll-free technical support and, um, we just we take care of of everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today, Marty. All right, you're welcome. Any anytime. That was Marty uh, Algaier. He's one of the founders of Fix Me Stick, a great little USB stick, kind of like a fire extinguisher for your computer. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. After yeah. you totally mess it up with viruses, <laughs> you can stick this thing in and it'll clean it up. I'm going to open up the phone lines. We're going to go uh, open line here on Get Connected. Taking any of your tech calls, we'll be your uh, on air tech support or give you buying advice. If you're phoning long distance, we've got a toll-free number, 1-877-399-9898. When we come back, we'll take your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here. We've got the Get Connected team this week. Andy Barrar, of course, co-host. And we've got Tasia Custodi and Graham Williams. Phone line, 604-280-9898. We're open line, taking your tech calls. Long distance, one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. I'm going to jump here to Chris, who's on the line. Hey, Chris. Good morning, guys. Hi. Uh, just a couple of quick questions about the Fix Me Stick. That sounds like a really great product that yeah. uh, anybody can use. Uh, first question, uh, do you have to fuss with, uh, to, with the BIOS to get into the, uh, the settings so it boots from the, uh, from, the, uh, from the key? And the second question is, uh, what about updates? How do you update it if it's read-only? Um, good question. Um, from what I understand, uh, you can launch it through Windows, but you can also have it boot as a um, a USB drive on. Well, device. no. Basically, the way it works is you 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 put it in, and then you just reset your computer. It will automatically boot from that device. It's running Linux actually, and what it does is it connects with your your uh, Wi-Fi, and then it will download the latest update before it starts to do the cleaning because it has to make sure it's right up to date to that day to make sure it can find all the different viruses. It should be mentioned that most PCs in the last, I'd say, three to five years will be able to boot directly from USB. That's built into the BIOS, and it will look for a bootable drive on USB. If you've got a PC that's a little bit older than that, you may need to go into your BIOS and make sure that your USB is set at a higher boot priority than your existing hard drive. 
Um, that way it'll look to the Fix Me Stick to boot before booting to your hard drive. It's got to be one of the simplest things to ever use. You just put it in, reset, walk away, and next time when you come back, your complete computer is completely clean. It's one of the best devices that we've seen in a long time. I don't know all the technical um, things about it. Uh, he did ask, you know, if it's downloading the new definitions, where is it storing that? Uh, I imagine would that be writing to a part on the hard drive or it's writing actually onto the Fix Me Stick itself. It said it's yeah. read only though. It's read only in Windows. Okay, right. Yeah. So when it's in Linux, it can it can read and write. Got it. Look at you, <clears throat> paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna jump uh, to some more callers here. We've uh, got Greg on the line. Hey, Greg. Hi guys. Hi. Um, I'm finally in the market for a new television, and everywhere that I go, they always I'm, I'm getting different information. Which is better um, for a, a gamer plus watching just regular television, LED or plasma? It's a great, great question. question. Uh, those are the two kind of main types of uh, technologies out there uh, for TVs. Uh, plasma, obviously kind of a gas uh, using um, technology to display the image, and LEDs are the pixels. Um, Graham, your thoughts? I will fight anyone who says that LED is better. Plasma, for me personally, plasma is the way to go. I'll tell you for why. Um, if you've got a dark enough space, yes. plasma is bright, uh, plasma is, is very colorful, and it is faster. And cheaper, right. too. And it's cheaper. Um, here's the thing. Plasma uses what they call subfield drive to control subfields around the, uh, the actual display. Those run at 600 megahertz, right? So they are much faster than you will find on LCD LED. So what are we looking for LED when we're talking these megahertz? That's how fast it's kind of refreshing the imagery in a sense. So plasmas can run at 600 megahertz. uh, And the fastest LED right now? Right now, fastest true LED is still only 60 hertz. Now you'll see 120, you'll see 240, you'll see up to 960. That's a lie, right? It's using what's called frame interpolation to fake those frame rates, which is why when you watch like Pirates of the Caribbean on 120 or 240, it looks slick. It looks like VHS recorded soap operas. It looks weird. You shouldn't turn those modes on if you want to watch a movie in its true original format. Now, if you're watching TV, if you're watching sports, those are awesome because it makes sports look more real. Uh, But if you're watching movies, not so much. For a gamer, uh, really, Plasma is a great way to go. But LCD or LED will actually be just about as good. Reason for being, you can get into a game mode, which overclocks the processor on most LEDs and LCDs. This is exclusive to a few brands, Samsung, Toshiba, Sony. And you'll get a much better picture with a much lower latency. So for gamers, I'd say it's a toss-up. If you love watching movies, Plasma 100% of the way. If you love watching sports, it could go either way. Uh, so but it's all about how bright the room is. Plasma also has a, a darker black than you would get on LED as well. So it's like a true black. And like Graham mentioned, it all it comes down to your room. If your room's dark enough, uh, you definitely want to get something like a plasma. Yeah, and it's not like you have to live in a cave no, with a plasma. No, not at all. I mean, it's just, if you've got a room where you've got like bright sunlight coming in all the time, uh, you know, the LED, LCD, you know, route is, I think, probably a better way to go. But if you just got a normal room... You know, with regular lighting, I'm still a plasma guy. I'm still a plasma. I had the same thing last year. I had to decide plasma or LED, and uh, I chose plasma. Well, let's be clear. Like, LEDs are beautiful as well. They're gorgeous. They're stunning. It's not like you're going to have a plasma and an LED side by side in your living room comparing which one is better. Once you get one of them in there, it's great. You're just happy, yeah. They're (laughs) all great, honestly. Yeah. They're just all great. I found that LEDs are just too bright. Like, they're really, really bright. Well, when they come from the store, they're usually set to that what they store, call yeah. torch mode, they, right? They Which trick is... you in the stores. They have that <laughs> setting in there where they make it super bright to kind of stand out amongst the other t- televisions. Yeah. But when you get home, you have to turn that off because otherwise you'll burn your, 
your TV out. It's funny. Like, once you get the TV in your living room, it doesn't matter anymore because you're not able to compare it to anything. Exactly. Like, I've, in one of my rooms, I've got the world's crappiest LCD TV. It's an old HP MediaSmart TV oh, when those. they, when they yeah. tried to get into the TV business. <laughs> right. Um, and I just, we happen to have one extra in uh, the office, and I took it home and used it in, you know, the family room. And it's, honestly, it's crap. <laughs> but I, it doesn't even phase me because yeah. I have nothing... In the room to really compare it to. Exactly. It's just, you know, I watch my TV and movies and, you know, life is good. Here's the thing. One of the best investments that you can make for your television is 40 bucks for HD video essentials, right? It's a, it's a Blu-ray disc that comes with a pair of uh, goggles, little glasses, that are both blue and red. They've got one lens for each. And it will actually help you calibrate your television. It's a set of video steps to go through to calibrate your TV. It'll also calibrate your audio if you've got surround sound. That 40 bucks will take that crappy HD television and turn it into a much better display. <laughs> I just do the normal settings. <laughs> I just automate. I think the only thing that will make that TV better is if I, if I crush it and put in a new TV. <laughs> Taking the back alley. Taking the back alley. You can use yeah. it as a coffee table. It'd be great. Just put a, some legs on it. No. Okay. okay, we're gonna have to take a break here. When we come back, we will get to more of your calls. So hang on the line. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this, you're back with Get Connected. We're open line, taking your tech calls and questions. We'll get right to it. See if we can get uh, Rick on the line. Hey, Rick. Uh, yes, good morning. Good morning. Um, we have a Samsung uh, Galaxy uh, S3. Uh, we were planning on a trip to uh, Europe next spring. Uh, we're naturally flipping out the, the SIM card, but um, will the charger for this unit automatically compensate for the difference in the European voltage, or will we need to purchase a separate uh, voltage regulator uh, to either charge the phone uh, um, you know, over over there with their different voltage? No, you just have to get one of the little adapters and it will just automatically switch over. And, okay, so yep. we have to purchase a separate adapter. That The little, uh, the, the little blob that puts into the, uh, the wall outlet is, would not adapt to a higher voltage and it will spoil the phone. Uh, well, the current one won't even fit, essentially. So whatever country you're going to, uh, you know, in the airports, if you go down to London Drugs, they've got little travel kits uh, as well. So it's just basically adapting the prongs into that particular wall outlet, and Bob's your uncle. Oh, yeah. No, we have the, we have the separate prongs oh, okay. uh, be, because we've gone before. Oh, perfect. What I'm, what I'm really concerned most with is the, the voltage. Like we're, we're uh, you know, uh, 110 here, or when yeah. um, they're a higher or a different voltage. 220 over there. 220. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to, if the... No, you have no problem. Okay, so yeah. there, we don't have to buy the, you know, the heavier voltage no. adapter. No, It's It's built right into that charger the, yes. uh, the, 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 to compensate. Yeah. Okay. You're great. golden, yeah. Right, okay. No worries. Thanks very much. Yeah, no, I've traveled over to Europe a number of times with my uh, devices from laptops to iPads to, to phones, and you basically just have to get the little adapter yeah. that'll change the, the plug configuration. You know, it's, you know, what was really interesting about that uh, new phone you got, the 5S, yeah. is we had some counterfeit charging for the uh, iPhone 5 yeah. in, in the office, and so we tried to use it, and it actually detects that it's a counterfeit charger, so it won't let you do that. And I think that's because there was a woman in China who actually died charging her phone with a counterfeit uh, charger cable. Yeah. And she put it to her, to her ear, and it just like voltage went right through. Oh, my God. So yeah, Apple immediately said, if you have a counterfeit thing, bring it in. We'll give you a, a, a real one for like, you know. It's not cheap. worth it. I, you know, when I was in New York back in the summertime, I bought a bunch of, uh, we'll call it fake, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lightning cable uh, chargers. And 
Yeah, one by one, they just died. Well, it's in, with the new iOS 7, they pretty much got rid of that whole industry now. You can't use it. They'll detect they it right away. They got rid of the uber-cheap, not-authorized cables. Now, you can still go, still get onto Lena Drugs and buy a third-party lightning cable that is less expensive than Apple's. That will work. Yeah. They just they, they need to be authorized. And the reason for being is they don't have any sort of oversight, the folks who are making these cheap cables. So they're saying, you know what, anybody who's not in our program no longer works with our phone. Exactly. going to jump here to Scott. Hey, Scott. Oh, hi there. Um, I've got a question. Um, I've, been, I've got a, a true bandwidth of about 11 megabits yep. of my 15 rated, and um, Netflix seems to be fine, but I found my Shaw on Demand was a bit choppy in HD, and they're, they're trying to upsell me, but I don't really... I thought 15 is uh, high enough for... I'm the only user on that service, so... Yeah. So their, their Shaw on Demand is not working? <laughs> um. Well, I'm actually using TELUS Internet, but okay. Shaw HD, it does work, but it's just dropped frames a bit. It's not totally flawless. So I don't know whether my expectation is too high or... Your expectation they, is absolutely not too high. Um, your high-definition stream should run you 3.5 megabits per second max. Um, there's no reason at all other than traffic shaping as to why your Shaw on Demand shouldn't work. So I would do a couple of things. I would take a look at the quality of service on your router. Um, you'll usually find it under the QoS tab. Make sure that the uh, port connections to Shaw on Demand are open. Make sure that the uh, the uh, domains to Shaw on Demand are open. And that should make sure that on your side you're good. Uh, if you're still getting issues there, you might want to talk with your provider and ask them if they're doing any traffic shaping. And say, look, you know, I would expect that I'm not getting traffic shaped here. Um, I should be able to use video from any service I want. And if they are traffic shaping, have a word with them and make sure that doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. They shouldn't be upselling you on something because you've got plenty of internet here for what you want to do. You know, it probably could be the router. If you're using that TELUS router that they, that they provide, I would uh, definitely think about getting a, a third-party router, so like something from Linksys. Mm-hmm. Um, that might just solve your problems. And the great thing is you could actually do all your you know, configurations on an app on your smartphone. So you could always have connections with the router from there, and that should probably solve your problems. I'm not a big fan of those... Uh, those routers ones you get from the providers themselves. The provider. they, yeah. they just don't work as good. The range is not as good. You know, I would always recommend that. Uh, There's a reason they're free. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, in all fairness, they're not bad. They're not but, bad. But, you know, obviously, as technology marches on, each year, the technology gets better. Yeah. And, you know, in many cases, people still have that old Wi-Fi router yeah. from Telus or Shaw or Bell or whoever, and they've had it for years. Exactly. Right? So, you know, two years down the road, router technology has improved dramatically. So. Yeah. You know, it doesn't hurt to look in, into that. I actually download this app that's a, it's a Wi-Fi analyzer. It tells you how f- good your signal is. And so I always do these. I'm like a total geek. I always get a new router, and then I, I check to see how the signal is. I go to the backyard in the far corner and see if I can still get a signal. And, uh, you know, those, those routers that they provide just can't compete with uh, the third-party ones. Tasia, can I uh, want to do App of the Week? Are you ready for action? I'm ready. Okay. Sure. Let's what is the it. App of the Week? The Moves app. The Moves it's called Moves, yes, and it's on iOS and Android devices. And um, it's a great little app. It runs in the background all the time. It will not drain your battery, though, so don't worry when you hear run in the background. And it basically tracks your movement throughout the day. We featured it on our TV show last season. It's a great app. I'm still using it. And it's kind of awesome because it'll track, it'll tell you when you're walking, cycling, on transit, for how long, how many steps you've taken in the day. It's a great way to kind of track your steps without wearing a pedometer. It just sits in your pocket. steroids. Oh, exactly. And it's just your phone, which you have with you all the time anyway. So it's a great little app. Moves. Moves. And how much is it? Free. Free. Awesome. Free on iOS and Android. Best and price. you don't need a you don't need a 
pedometer. It is your pedometer. So how do, how do they make money? It determines that you're not really moving that much and it gives you ads for it the gym. It charges you. If you don't get off your butt and move. Do you ads for the gym? Or, you get charged. Or Jenny Craig or something. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll take a few more of your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. We're going to jump back to the phone lines. You're listening to Get Connected. We've got Patsy on the line. How are you doing, Patsy? I'm just fine, thank you. What can we do for you? Well, um, I have an iPad, and the Gmail keeps crashing on me. Now, I do have mail as well. Yep. Uh, Gmail is my... Um, it's your favorite? Provider. Yep. Uh, so it comes through on the mail app, but on the Gmail app, it keeps crashing, and I'm just wondering how to fix that. Teja? Uh, well, they did just release an update yesterday. So I don't know how long you've had it crashing for, but I had a bit of a problem too last week. Sometimes it just freezes and closes out. Um, Today it was fine for me. I did the update last night and that seems to have fixed the problem. If that does not fix the problem, I would recommend sometimes with these apps, it sounds silly, but you have to log out, delete, delete the mail account and, and log back in. Short of that, I would honestly go through and delete the entire app, um, uninstall it completely and reinstall it. It's kind of a annoyance to do that but gmail did just release a lot of updates last week as well and that could be part of the problems when's the last time how do i how do i do that part the, the log out or deleting the app uh deleting no upgrade yeah have you updated it the app lately uh yes actually i've just been sitting here fiddling with it and yeah. it says that it was updated on the 2nd of october which is two days ago i think yeah yeah I think on my ipad it, they update automatically no, they don't typically well, update. Well, if you have you... the new iOS 7, I think it'll it'll update automatically for you. Um, to delete the app, you can just, you know, hold down your apps and, and exit, and it'll ask, a warning will come up and ask you if, you know, when you delete this, it'll delete everything that you've, all your data in the app. Just say okay, um, and completely delete it from your iOS, across your iOS devices if you have more than the iPad, and just completely reinstall the app. So go back to the app store, search for Gmail again, reinstall it, and it'll be like starting from scratch. So when you reinstall it, you'll have to uh, put in your email address and password again like that, and see if that helps the so bug So to delete it, basically uh, hold, hold the app down until it starts wiggling. And, and then the there's X. a little X yes. on it, and just hit the X, and that should yep. take her out, essentially. Let's see if we have time for one more uh, quick call here. Leslie, how are you doing, Leslie? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I went and downloaded Skype, yep. and when I did, I had unchecked all these add-on stuff. Yep. But the thing is, uh, I got something coming up called OT-SHOT, OT and uh, it keeps telling me it can't load the skin, and do I want to... Uh, to have my add my Outlook contacts, which I keep checking off zero or delete. You know, I don't want that. I can't find it. I went into the control panel, and I can't find it there. I don't know where to go to get rid of this thing. Very interesting. What I would try to do is just completely wipe off Skype. Um, in the control panel, in the programs there, you can get, remove it and then try reinstalling it again and seeing if that works. Um, it looks like the reason why it's trying to import your Outlook is uh, Windows actually bought Skype. So they're really pushing it and they want to use your Outlook contacts to go inside of Skype. So that's why it's asking for that. But uh, I definitely suggest trying to just clean it off, just kind of like uh, the last previous question. You want to get rid of it and then try to restall it and see if that works. Looks like we're uh, running out of time here today. The prize, one more 
time for the contest, Andy. We're giving away the Fix Me Stick. This is what you would use if you have a virus on your computer. It's a small USB stick that you stick into the computer and reset, and it does everything for you. It downloads the the latest virus updates, and then it cleans your computer before Windows starts. Go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Hit on the contest tab to enter and win the Fix Me Stick. Great little product. Tasia, we're redoing the website as well. When's that launching? We are. Uh, Well, we're going to get to tinker around behind the scenes on Monday. And on that note, we are rebranding. We're going through a rebrand of the whole show. We're all very excited. So watch out for the rollout of our new, newly branded, uh, not only social images, uh, but the theme music done by our very own Mr. Andy Burrar. Yes, that's right. It's hot. (laughs) It is so good. And it gets in our head and we're on set every day and we can't stop singing the theme song. (laughs) No, you're so musical, Andy. I'm a man of many talents. Are you? (laughs) A tech nerd and a musician, eh? That's right. Are you guys going to give that music to us? (laughs) Sorry, Dominic? Are you going to give that music to us too? Are we going to be able to use that here? As long as he doesn't want any royalties or anything. (laughs) Let those checks come in each week. That's CKW's thing, not mine. 25 cents at a time. I want to thank the uh, the whole team that puts this show together. Dominic on the controls there, as you just heard. Uh, also, Graham Williams, Tasia Custodi, and Andy Brar, who come in here on a regular basis. Uh, and the rest of the Get Connected team, Al, Tristan, and uh, Paul uh, as well. This is the team logging off for Get Connected. We'll see you again next week.